So I hope you're not down in the calendar of ladies, May the 6th, for our first women's gathering. The men have had a couple already, and the women are jumping on board. Young adults on Saturday nights, and then our uh, men's gatherings every Thursday night in different uh, locations. Would you get your Bibles out? And, uh, if you want to wait, you want to... Okay, please wait and see what the Lord tells you to do. Well, I've been enjoying the Good News series. Uh, we talked about the good news that the King has come. He's already here. You don't have to wait for him to show up. He came in riding a donkey. was a symbol of peace, and we are the vehicle by which now peace enters into the world. We are that vehicle. Last week we talked about the gospel on Easter Sunday morning. Hey, back there, just got sorry to get to see you. They had a baby shower yesterday for baby Easton. And Mrs. said it was good stuff, and she won a nice prize. <laughs> I get to enjoy the oranges the rest of the month. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Last week we talked about the gospel, the good news of the story of God's goodness from Genesis to Revelation. So I was going with a scripture from Mark the 16th chapter verses 15 through 17 because it follows the resurrection. And I was trying to be sequential as we looked at the Gospels. And I was trying to say that now that Jesus had lived and had been seen by 40, uh, or he lived for 40 days on the planet after his resurrection, he'd been seen by the 12, he'd been seen by Peter, by 500 at one time. And then before he ascends, he gives the Olivet Discourse, Mark the 16th chapter, records that, and he says to his disciples, go and preach the gospel. We've been talking about the good news. That's the gospel. And he said, and everyone who believes these signs shall follow them. So I was going to talk about signs that follow the believers. There's five of them listed there in Mark the 16th chapter, verses 15 through 17. Things like, you now have power to cast out uh, demons. You have power to lay hands on the sick. And doesn't say they might recover. It says they shall recover. And I was just bogged down. I'm going to be honest with you. I was stuck in trying to I had notes. I had all kinds of things written down. I just couldn't get a breakthrough. And then Lisa and I, she was cleaning. We were talking. We got home last night. And it started clicking for me. She mentioned that something about a changed life. And the, those who believe experience a changed life. And now they have power and authority given to them. And we walk in the power of the Spirit with that transformed life. And we do cast out uh, spirits. We have power over things that would cause us harm because Psalm 91 says that it, nothing, it won't come nigh my dwelling, the pestilent. It reads Psalm 91. That's what you have. I'll mention it again at the end of, of the service. But then when she said transform life, it clicked for me. And I got a picture of last week at the end of the service that those dressed, Fred was dressed and Joey was dressed, they had biblical costumes on, they came walking down the aisle, and what they had labeled on the back were things like worry, anxiety, hopelessness, uh, addiction. So all of these things that would cause us problems, that would be a block in our minds towards the blessing and the goodness of God flowing in them. And then Justin portrayed Jesus and he came down and he would take that label, that uh, problem, that uh, uh, the concern in their life. And one time he even broke it over his knee and watch this, he threw it at the cross of grace. 
that symbolized a transformed life, a changed life. Then they were invited to sit at the king's table where there are no labels. Come on, somebody. We're all king's kids sitting at his table because of the power of grace to transform. Now, biblically speaking, the word sign in the Greek is savion. And it refers to a mark. Do you remember the old timers that couldn't write? They'd say, just put your mark right here. Yeah. You ever heard that saying in movies and things? It was a signature or a seal. Sometimes they would stamp a seal. And that was applied to a document or to an item to guarantee its authenticity. It was the proof that showed that the thing that had been marked was the real deal. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to submit to you that this morning that he has left his mark on you. His signature, if you will, as Paul says, has been placed upon your life. 2 Corinthians 1.22 in the Good News Translation says, It is God himself who has placed his mark of ownership upon us and who has given us Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee of all that he has in store for us. Now you've already seen it all. It's all yours. He didn't withhold any good thing from us when he gave it to us. We're just awakened to it to be step into the reality of it at different points in our journey. But there is no doubt that the Holy Spirit has already been given to us who have believed. As a seal and as a mark of transformation in your life. That's incredibly good news, isn't it? How good is it, Pastor? Well, it's so good that the old covenant had a mark as well. And I can say, ouch, right there. Because the mark of the old covenant was the circumcision that Abraham received. And all males in that covenant had to... If there are any men in the house that would raise your hands and just praise God that we don't have to have the circumcision of the flesh in the mortal body that they had to have in the old covenant, that's good news that we are now circumcised and marked in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says you are sealed, you are marked with a guarantee, and set completely free. Yes. Now, I believe there's certain signs or marks on a believer. Uh, I want to discuss some of those with you today. And so listen, my intent by God's grace is always to help us begin to imagine. Let's talk about that word imagine, your imagination, imagination right now. Uh, if you're like Lisa and I and we go to Epcot and there's a little purple dragon, his name is Figment. Figment of your imagination. But this a word imagine is to form a mental image or a concept. And what I, we're helping you to do this morning is get this image in your imagination of how God's grace has changed us. Just think about it for a second. When I think BC, that's before Christ. In my life, 
and the journey that he has brought me on and receiving his grace. See, there was a journey even after becoming a believer for me because I got into religious bondage that was probably, in my case, worse on me than the, sin, the bondage of sin. Because when I got this, I received a free gift, but the lie that I bought into was causing me so many problems of guilt and shame that I've been better off to stay where I was. See, that's what the children of Israel thought when they left Egypt. We've been better off back in sin. But you're on a journey, and as the Lord began to set me free, and I became aware of His transforming grace in my life, and that the gift He gave me when I received it is the same the, the saving grace is also the keeping grace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The keeping grace is also the sanctifying grace. Yeah. It's the grace of provision in our life. Yeah. Because grace is not a, a, a thing, a doctrine, or even an idea. Grace is the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so when we get this mental picture, this concept of how God's grace has changed us, and how much the mark of His grace, a changed life, can impact those around us. We want to help you understand that you have been given an inheritance. Amen. It's not something that you are going to get when you die. Amen. If it is, let's start praying God kill us right now. <laughs> Everybody wants an inheritance, but... Nobody wants to die. So I have real good news for you. Somebody already did die. His name was Jesus. And it's, we told you last week that the good news is that it says in 1 Corinthians, he died for all. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody left out of the cross. Not only did he die for all, he died as all. So there has already been a death that because of that death, we have an inheritance. We are co-heirs with God. And because of that, we can understand that grace tra transforms everything and everyone that he touches. Yeah. Amen. Let's, just, let's look at the scriptures. Let's take a minute and look at some of the miraculous turn of events that marked various individuals in the Gospels. Those who were forever transformed. Do you remember any of them? They were touched by grace. And those who were touched and changed by the grace of God would go on to impact their world. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go back and give uh, another aspect of that word uh, in the Greek first. Samion. It, it's a mark that by which a person is distinguished from another. When you awaken to God's grace in your own life, and you've had that touch, and it transforms you. It changes your life. I have to keep going back to the good news is that you didn't get uh, refurbished. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't take an old heart that was beat up and hurt and just go in there and make some repairs. He took it out, and he put a brand new heart of flesh in there that's pliable and teachable. And he changed us, made us a brand new creation. And we are marked now, and we can be distinguished. And we're going to talk about some of the things, but a few, a few quick reminders of those marked and of a changed life in the New Testament. The woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. 
Yes. Bleeding for 12 years. Spent all she had. Penniless, powerless. And the scripture says she grew worse. But when she touched his him instantly because grace touched her life, she was transformed. The blood stopped flowing from that day forward. Not only that, he, she, she is now referred to not with a woman with an issue. Remember the guys coming down, the ladies walking down a label. She's not labeled by her problem. She is now a daughter. He says daughter. We have Jairus' daughter who was transformed from literal death to life, which is a picture of, of us and our changed life coming from being dead in our trespasses and sin and being given brand new life. The woman at the well. Jesus told she said, come and meet a man that's told me everything that I've ever done, and he still loved me. He didn't condemn me. And she went out, and she told, you know, the scripture says that the story of her life will be told everywhere the gospel was preached. Mm -hmm. Thank God. So when we preach good news this morning, we got to go talk about the woman at the well, yeah. because Jesus transformed her life. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. He once was blind, and Jesus said, what will thou have me do for you? In other words, here's a blank check. Write it out for whatever you want. What do you want? You know, some people that get that blank check, they will say, I just want a new sin, I don't. Give me a new tin cup so I can keep on begging. No, he said, I once was blind, and I want to see, I want to recover my sight in one touch. From the master, he says he threw off his beggar's garment. He was not going to be identified with that old life anymore. He was transformed by the touch of grace. The leper who came back and gave thanksgiving. The paralytic carried by his four crazy friends that was lowered down in the presence of Jesus. He came in on a mat and he left carrying. Jesus. Mary Magdalene delivered from seven evil spirits. Lazarus raised from death and the demoniac in Luke the 8th chapter. He was homeless, he was naked, he stank, he was wretched, he was tortured and harassed. Mm. A lot of people are tortured and harassed and oppressed, but Jesus, here it is this morning, had a transformation appointment. He told the boys, let's go to the other side. Why? Because he knew what he was going to do when he got to the other side. This man had an appointment with the master, with Jesus, the person of grace. You know, I think a lot of people say about us sometimes in our old life what they were saying about this guy. Just get rid of him. Good riddance. He's crazy. He's a danger to every one of us and all those around us. And even himself. But he met Jesus. And Jesus transformed him. I believe that we can see here that a mark of a changed life is peace. This man is no longer aimlessly just running in the tombs, cutting himself. He's clothed. He's not naked anymore. He's not homeless. He's not being harassed. He's seated at the Lord's feet, which is a picture of discipleship, sitting at the rabbi's feet, learning from the rabbi. He's clothed and he's in his right mind. I hope this is on the screen. That phrase, right mind, suggests wholeness. That all the broken fragments have been brought together and mended and are fitted together now. Talking about transformation taking place. This lunatic is now whole. You know, the scripture says there in Luke 8, 26 through 39, it tells us that this transformed man, is, watch this, it says he begged. 
Jesus to follow him. This, Lisa said this last night, and it kind of blows my mind. What was Jesus telling everybody else? Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. This guy transformed, begs Jesus to let him go with him and follow him. Look at Luke 8, 39. But Jesus sent him away, told him to return home, and to tell everyone. That I, I'm, I'm leaning to this. We're always going to be a place to believe, be loved, and belong. That, that's our mandate. That's who we are as Grace Life. But through this series of good news, I'm leaning more into just what Jesus told. Go share the gospel, the good news with everyone, everywhere, every day. Share the love of God, the kindness of God, the, your transformed life. We've started talking about stories of people who have been impacted. This is not tooting our horn. This is the goodness of God and the grace of God because of Grace Life Church that people have come together. Yeah. You know, Rebecca and Dakota met Mark Easton through Rightway Bible Institute. Is that right? Became a mentor in their life. Because of his impact on their life and what God has done for them, so much so that Mark has gone on to glory, but they're going to name their son Easton after Mark. What an impact. Yes. There, there are people who would not have met each other and who are not now married with children had it not been for the connections and the impact of one individual on another individual. Giles' hand is up back there. Jack Renschitz was a connection for him that impacted his life, that brought him to church where he saw other people whose lives were transformed and it transformed his life and he and Sarah are now in the kingdom impacting others because they have been impacted. It says that this guy, verse 39, this man went through the town telling everyone what Jesus had done for him. Now, the scripture does not elaborate, it doesn't record the details of the impact of that that made. But again, I can only imagine, get a mental picture of what it looked like for this guy who was screaming. My, my family, my mom, my grandparents, they're buried in a residential area where there is a graveyard. You have to drive through a residential area to a private cemetery where they are buried. I could not imagine in the res residential area that when the sun would go down and the moon would come up and it would be dark, that there would be a man every night out there screaming and hollering, running around with no clothes on, cutting himself, and just being a crazy man. Yeah. Police have been called. They, they don't want to deal with him. Nobody wants anything. Just that, Listen, people would come to a point where they would, I would just wish that guy would die. But then Jesus comes walking in and transforms his life. Do you think that that would make an impact yeah. on the residents? And then he begins to walk through the town and through the streets and everybody says, that's old so-and-so. That's the crazy man that was living out in the tombs. He was impacted. His transformed life was impacting others everywhere he went as he shared the good news. Yeah. Listen, the same grace 
The same Jesus that transformed his life is the same Jesus, the same grace that has transformed our lives too. Amen? Amen. I've been changed forever. And I'm marked by his love. John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Don't stop there. Verse 35 says, By this one mark or sign shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Romans 5 tells us that God has demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because that grace that was demonstrated and the love that was poured out while we were sinners is what transformed us. And then God's mark of love that left marks on the physical body of Jesus so that we would know that we too have been marked by love. I love what Catherine Toome says in her book title is, You are marked by love to leave a mark of love. Good. I just perk up, turn your hearing aids up and listen. We have a responsibility now with changed lives to leave a mark on the next generation. Listen, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, whatever you want to call the next generation, I don't know what age group you are in, but they don't know, they don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And the only way that we can show them how much we care is by demonstrating that we've been marked by love and we're going to love one another. Amen. And that will draw that they will see the goodness of God on our lives and they'll want what we have. Amen. Your transformation is to impact everyone everywhere every day with Christ's love. Amen. The good news today is that you are loved. I believe another mark or sign of a changed transformation is victory. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. I believe, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Yes. He's the one that sought me. That's good news. Yeah. He's the one that bought me. That's good news. With his redeeming blood, and it transformed and changed my life forever. And 1 Corinthians 15 teaches us that we should give thanks to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yes. Then Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, in his second letter, he's still trying to tell those that have been transformed that thanks be God, to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us, okay, you're transformed, you're walking in victory, and now through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place that we go. I like that. We give thanks to God for our transformed life. And the victory, the triumph that he's always giving us because this battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. We don't fight in this army. We're sons. And because we're sons, we're heirs. And because we're heirs, we're joint heirs. And because we're joint heirs, the victory has already been won. And we are more than conquerors because we get the spoils of the battle that we never fought in. And then we begin to diffuse. We impact 
everyone that we come contact with, every place that we go, with the fragrance of the knowledge of who he is and what he has done in our lives. David said in the psalm, let me tell you of the night and day difference the Lord has made in my life. David. And he's the one that looks out into the future and he imagines and prophesies, blessed is the man whose sin is not imputed against him. See, his sin was ever before him. And every sin that he committed, he had to go make a sacrifice. But he was looking out into the future and he saw the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Messiah, the anointed one, who would die once and for all where we did not have our sin ever before us. That's victory. That's the love of Christ. That has confound us, compelled us to himself. In other words, we walk in victory because we know the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by Holy Ghost. And we have been changed. Amen. Impacted to make an impact. Marked to leave a mark. Yeah. So we leave our mark as a fragrance. You know, it's a perfume that stays in the room right. after you've gone. Right. I've been making daily declarations every day this year by God's grace. Here's some of the things that I declare. Are you ready? These are victory quotes. I think it's something that you can get a hold of and you can begin to declare over your life, I'm a victor and I'm not a victim. Yeah, come on. Yes, I have victory over death and I receive the manifestation of the life of Christ. I declare the glory of the Lord over my life, the lives of my family, and those in my church family. So I declare that over you every day. You're part of my church family. Thank you, Jesus. I declare the presence of the Lord that, that's heavy with everything good is resting upon me this day. This is the day of the overcomer. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. I declare victory over my finances. Come on, somebody. Amen. I declare victory in my relationships. I declare victory on my job. I declare victory in our church. I declare victory in our home. I declare victory in every circumstance, in every situation. I'm going to see a victory every day, in every way, everywhere. For God, you are good and you always cause me to triumph. Yes. Say it like you mean it. I'm marked with victory. I'm marked with victory. It's good news today that we have victory. Amen. I believe a transformed, changed life is one where there is a present reality full of abundance. Yes, Pastor. It's a present possession of confident assurance and, of course, a promise of a future reality beyond the grave for eternal life yeah. in the presence of the Lord. But this transformed life is marked by favor. Yes. We're marked by his love. Can I get an amen? amen? We walk in victory because of our transformed life. Amen? amen? And we are painted with the favor of God because of our transformed life. That's what grace has done for us. Isn't that great encouraging news? Yes. Jesus came proclaiming the acceptable year of favor. The year of jubilee, he said. Now, in the kingdom of God, as believers, we are in a constant, perpetual jubilee where the favors of the Lord are profusely abounding. It's not a season. Good. Did you hear me? Yes. It's not a season. It's not a year. 
In the Jewish custom, the year of Jubilee was a year that occurred every seven years. In seven sevens, 49, they had a whole year of favor, the 50th year, the year of Jubilee. But Jesus came declaring that I am the Sabbath. I am a perpetual Sabbath. I am I paint you with perpetual favor that profusely abounds. You want to know what that word profusely means? It means to pour forth liberal. Yeah. It means to pour without stopping. Yes. It means to pour from an abundance of supply that is not limited. Amen. It's exhibiting abundance. It's generous and excess. That's what the Lord, your God, has provided for you and painted you with in a transformed life. Preach myself happy. His great grace is upon us. I am marked with greatness. You say, well, that's all forgotten. No, that's confident because I'm marked with his greatness over my life. The Lord has done nothing but good for me. I have nothing but good in my future. You have nothing but good in your future. And as we walk in that victory and we're confident of, uh, confident of that, then we begin to impact others. Yeah. Tell you what, something, Grace Life, we are going to make a difference in our community. We're going to make a difference in our jobs. We're going to make a difference in our homes. We're going to make a difference in this world because we are going to walk as marked and transformed the sign that we've been stamped and approved. These are just a few of them. Frank, if you guys would just get ready to start playing. Jacob loved Joseph. Yes. So much that he marked him. He gave him a coat of many colors. You can see it for miles. Yeah. Bright yellow, bright orange, probably some pink in there if my mom had anything to do with it. <laughs> the scripture says in Genesis 37 that Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his other sons. Favor ain't fair. But all of us are his favorite sons and daughters. He loves all of us just like Jacob loved Joseph. And he's painted us with favor. Say this like you mean it. I'm marked with favor. I'm marked with favor. Finally, I'm convinced that a transformed life of impact is marked with protection. Yes. I love this scripture in the Passion Translation, 1 John 5, 18. I would begin to memorize this scripture and hold on to it, to meditate on it. We are convinced that everyone fathered by God or born of Him does not make sinning a way of life. Can I repeat that? So those in the back can hear me. Those watching online, 1 John 5.18, the Passion Translation says, I'm convinced, we're convinced that everyone fathered by God, that's born of Him, through the rebirth from above of the Spirit by the blood of Christ. You didn't die to get into the kingdom, you were born into it. Yeah. Amen. That we do not make sinning a way of life because the Son of God protects the child of God and the evil one cannot touch him. Man, I, I'm gonna hold on to that. MC Hammer don't have anything on God. Can't touch this. Some of you are old enough to remember. No, we're not. 
Christ's divine presence within the believer preserves us against evil. The evil one can't touch you. Uncle Buddy Robinson said it this way. He said if he could, by the time he got to you, he'd be calling your brother because you have to come through the blood to get to you. I'm gripped by grace. Say that with me this morning. I'm gripped by grace. Therefore, the enemy does not and cannot get a grip on me. I'm safe in the palm of his hand. So much so that Jesus said no one can pluck you out. No thing can pluck you out of his hand. That's how protected you are. <laughs> That's how favored we are. I'm marked with his protection. I'm secure as a believer. And his grip on me is a whole lot greater than my grip on him. I'm safe. I'm secure. I'm confident. That should enable and empower us to make an impact everywhere we go. These are just, we could go on all day about the signs, the mark, the stamp of approval of the Holy Spirit on our lives and in our lives to make a difference everywhere we go. This is just one of several journals that I have, but this one starts at, by dating in February the 5th of 2010. If I would allow you the privilege to read through this, you would see transformation taking place. You would see transformation when Lisa went from being my seven-day-a-week friend. I lived with my parents for a while. Not as a child, as an adult. <laughs> That's when I met her. We were friends. God used her to help in that transformation process. But see, the connection that she had with John and Kim, and Kim gives her a book that when she gives that book to me, set me free. Wow. Whoa. It changed my life. The transform, and I believe by God's grace now for nine years, that transformation process that took place in me has helped me impact other people to help God using us that the Holy Spirit would set them free. And it goes beyond this little building on this location. Uh, the people that are, are following Grace Life from Pakistan every week. India, almost every day from India. Oklahoma, watching. I've been asked to come back to Oklahoma to preach a three-day meeting. It's just timing the way God works everything out. But God is helping because of our transformed lives. Your transformed life, you've impacted others.
you know what he's dealing with touching this morning. Anybody else that's watching or in the room, just begin to speak it over your life. If you're struggling emotionally right now, if you're struggling mentally, if there's been a diagnosis, bipolar, uh, multiple personal dis personality disorder, schizophrenia, paranoia, uh, what, whatever, anxiety, depression, speak over your mind right now that I have a sound mind. That I I have the right mind. I'm clothed with his compassion. I'm sitting at his feet and I am in my right mind. Just say that to yourself right now. Say it with confidence and say it with victory. I have a right mind. I have the mind of Christ. Not fragmented, not broken, but it's whole. 